Hi, I'm Bill Cecil, and welcome to episode number 16 of my Best Year Ever or Bust podcast series. The podcast series is designed to help make every year as a teacher your best year ever by helping you to help your students make it their best year ever despite any and all challenges you may face throughout the school year. Best year ever or bust, baby. It's that 100% all-in attitude. Nothing will stop you or your team from making it happen this year to make it the best year ever. Like always, I, I want to start by thanking all of you for taking time out of your busy days to take a listen. And also, I, I really truly want to thank all of you that are taking time to share this podcast series with other heroes like yourself to help them make it their best year ever with their students throughout the school year. So thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. Today in episode 16, I want to add one more doable plan that you can put in your arsenal of doable plans that will help complete the trifecta of doable plans to help ensure your odds of making it the best you ever for your students and you throughout this school year. But I want to add one more group to that list, and that is I want this doable plan to also help your students' parents help you all work together to make it the best year ever. I think it's going to be really, really powerful based on um, some research I did. At one point, I remember when I was going through all this, I started Googling challenges that teachers face in the classroom or the biggest challenges it could be that teachers face in the classroom. Any, I tried different different things. I'd Google it and to see if I could come up with lists. And one of the things that popped up on many of my lists, which didn't really surprise me, but it, it, it reinforced it, was that I saw parents on several of the lists as being one of the biggest challenges. So now, now I have to admit that didn't surprise me, but, but let me be clear. Not for one second do I believe that when it says parents, that it means most or many of the parents that we serve uh, when we work with their kids. I, I really truly don't believe that. What I believe is that it's probably a very small percentage of parents that can sometimes become uh, disgruntled or unsatisfied or, you know, they start to really take up a lot of our time and our energy and um, they, it starts to become a, a really a time energy drain and a major stressor. Uh, it only takes one or two parents to do that. And so anything I can do to help you maybe to avoid that, I thought I want to make sure I jot that down and commit at least one episode to that. And I might even commit two episodes to this because I think it's so important based on some of the research I did. Because I was, quite frankly, I have to admit, I was surprised what I came up with. And that was, as I started to search that out, I, I was looking for solutions. You know, what can teachers do and, and what are some things that other organizations are telling teachers to do and this and that or whatever. But I started looking at some of the articles that were written about the stressors that teachers are facing. And when the ones with parents popped up, I started to kind of look at those a little bit closer. And what I realized is this, and this is, this is I, I kind of want to explain this in a way that you can understand it. When I started talking about this episode at first, and I started going back and thinking about my research, my goal was to come in and just talk about what you could do to get parents to really to kind of join in and work with you. But then I thought, but that's not the whole issue. This is like a ripple effect. It started like a ripple effect of other challenges that come from this. And I, I thought of three that I want to touch on today. And the first one is, what are you doing to get your parents to feel more engaged or more welcomed? Because when I was researching, I saw that 
what parents' concerns were about their children's education. And some of it was things like they're not, you know, they're concerned that their children aren't learning what they need to learn or that they're struggling in school and they're not aware of it or what to do to help them. These were some of their concerns. But also some of the concerns that I saw consistently on their reporting or that on their list were that they don't feel welcomed. They don't feel invited to the party, so to speak. They don't feel like they're a part or being invited to be a part of their kids' schooling. Now, I know we might sit there and go, wait a minute, we dig in. Now, come on, I, you know, they're included. To, we have a fun night once in the night or we have a school night and sometimes they don't show up. They don't even show up to the conference or something. We could start getting defensive, but maybe we need to back up a step and go, wait a minute, but maybe they don't come because they don't feel welcome. And so... I remember that when my son was in school, I would get nervous going to his student conferences. And I don't know why, because as a teacher, you think it'd be easy. I'd know what to expect. And my son was a good student, but I still got nervous because I realized that's my kid. Like all, it's, it's like all of a sudden this mattered to a whole different level of what I expected as, as a parent going to a parent-teacher conference. And I remember when I was young, before I was even married, some teachers would say to me, wait till you become a parent you'll become a much better teacher. And I resented that because I was young and, you know, I thought I don't have to be married to become a better teacher. But what it did was, I think what they were trying to tell me is that when you become a parent, you start to see this whole thing of teaching differently. And when I was going to a student conferences, I started realizing that, whoa, I'm doing what a lot of parents do. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling anxious going in. And there's nothing I should be nervous about. Like I said, my son's doing a good job. But it's your kid that they're talking about. And so you take it really personal. And so it made me go back and start thinking more about what do I need to be doing in my classroom to make parents know that I see their kid as being the kid they see or that they want to see. And if they're not, and if they're struggling with things, I can be honest with that. But what I need to do is I need to start immediately building up a bank account in their minds that says, number one, I'm getting to know your kid. I like your kid. I'm finding out the positive things I like about your kid so I can report those back to you. And I'll also talk about the concerns I have, but I'll first build up a bank account of some of the positives I've seen because sometimes our first time we actually sit down and talk with parents is at conferences and we right away because we're rushed we get right into what they need to start working on and parents are like oh boy here we go or we call them up when there's a problem in our classroom we say hey I've got a problem with your your child today you got a minute and they're like oh boy here we go here we go you know parents only or teachers only call when they have something to complain about my child they never call about the good things but they always and that's true to some extent because we're so busy but maybe we need to start making it part of our goal that we're going to, one of our strategies is that we're going to reach out to these parents early on in the school year to let them start seeing that we see the positives that their kids had and that we're actually trying to really get to know them and we care enough about them and the parent that we're taking time to call them and let them know and pull them into this conversation that, hey, I'm excited about your kid and I want, want you to know that and I, I just want to include you in this because you know this is you're a part of this journey as well. And that's the key that parents were saying, I think, in some of these articles or whatever it was I was reading, charts about, you know, lists of concerns that parents have. And so I was looking up teachers for so long, our concerns that I, I thought, why not flipping? Let's see what their concerns was. And I got to tell you, when it said that their concern is that a lot of times they don't feel welcomed into the classroom or they don't feel welcomed into the school or that they feel like it's just sort of token behavior that they get. 
that really that really took me back a step. And so I wanted to bring that up tonight. So that's the second ripple effect. But then the third ripple effect was that not only am I, you know, when I have a disgruntled parent, does it affect me and it, it affects the parent obviously is upset that they felt before. It's like the chicken and the egg, right? Which one came first? Maybe the parents disgruntled because they didn't feel welcomed by teachers in the past or from the year they're working with you or like I said, working with me because I had my, my fair share of disgruntled parents throughout my total career. It wasn't a ton, but it was enough that I still remember those. And those were huge stressors when it was going on because you want to please everybody. And sometimes that's, that's impossible, but you still want to, right? I mean, at least that was my mindset. But what, what I realized is that if I could find a way to call them early in the year and let them know that I truly am building a bank account of positives, that I care about you as the parent, I care about your child that I'm working with, that when I do need to make a withdrawal and talk about a concern, either at a conference or when, you know, I have to make a special phone call or whatever for something that arises, that they're going to say, Mr. Cecil, I've heard so many positive things from you about my child this year, and you always seem to really care. Sure. What, you know, what do you want to talk about instead of, oh, here we go again, or what did my child, or what did you do to my child? And, and I heard a lot of that near the end of my career from my peers talking about that when it was happening to them. It happened to me a couple times, and it felt like I was being attacked for something I didn't really feel was fair that I was even doing, but maybe it was an accumulation of all the things that they have felt from, you know, the years building up. But the third ripple effect was I read this article and it talked about how important it is to get kids to have support, that they feel that their parents are a part of the school process, that they're getting the support not only at school but at home. And also there were reports about teachers complaining about how they wish that their kids, their students were getting more support outside of school to support what they were trying to do in school because they just don't have enough time to do it all on them, you know, themselves in a school day to get it done throughout the school year. So they're they're wishing that their kids were getting more support or hoping that their kids were getting more support outside of school. And so really this is where it became the trifecta in my mind of doable plans because I got one for you as teachers. I got one for your students, but do I have one for you to share with parents to help that you can use with parents to help bring them in, to pull them into the fold, to make them a part of the team. And so that's what I want to focus on the importance of tonight. What I want to talk about real briefly is just a couple of the things that I read when I was going through my, you know, this process of trying to figure this out. And I kept these articles and I found them again when I was looking through material to talk about tonight. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is perfect for what I'm trying to share with you. So if you remember, I talked about the CDC report in 2019 that talked about school connectedness. I remember when I first read that, I thought school connectedness, that's where a child goes to school and they feel like the teacher and their and his classmates or her classmates um, or other students respect them for who they are, that they care about them, and that they also care about them as being learners in the school, that they care about them wanting to to learn as well. And that's what makes kids want to go to school and to relax and be able to do well. It's called school connectedness. But I remember when I first read that, I thought, you know what, though? I think it should also be parents are a part of school connectedness because they're a part of this journey, like it or not. They may not be seen every day, but I guarantee you they see their kid every day or most every day if they don't travel with their work. But the point is that they are a part of this journey. And and fortunately, maybe it's because we've made them invisible. We haven't invited them in enough. So at the end of this episode, or if if I need to carry it over to next episode, I will. But I'm going to give you at least 10 ways to get your parents involved. And I've got another thing that I want to share with you that might help really get them involved. We'll call that super-sized trifecta of, of a plan to get them involved. 
But seriously, I, I, I want to get you to think this out and go, you know what? Yeah, it's beneficial to get my parents to feel connected to the school as well, that they feel we care about them as parents that are trying to raise a child and trying to support what we're doing. But we got to give them those opportunities. And so there was an article in uh, uh, that I found online from a woman named Laura Nicole Hill. She's from 21st Century Learning. And the article was called How Schools Can Overcome the Barriers of Family Engagement and Inspire Success. The word barriers jumped out at me. Like we sometimes we set up barriers without realizing it in front of our parents because we're so busy and we don't take the time to do things that we think they're going to assume they're going to understand how busy we are, but they may not see it that way. They might see it as, see, they're not trying even trying to include us. It's almost like they're building barriers to push us away so we don't get involved. And that's, I'm sure that's, just the opposite of what many teachers like myself, and I hope many of you feel, that we want to find ways to get them more involved. So what jumped out at me in this article written by Laura Nicole Hill was that she listed five barriers that were keeping parents away from schools that they felt, okay? And so she listed five, but what I wanted to do was share with you uh, two of those because the first two I thought were on schools and the last three were more on the parents like uh, they're too busy or they you know they they don't have time for it they say or things like that but what builds up some of these barriers the first two jumped out at me was that lack of awareness or communication regarding opportunities to become more involved which means the parents didn't feel they were getting enough communication regarding of opportunities or ways that they could become more involved in their school. Now, again, we could get defensive on that and say, wait a minute, you know, we do this, this, and this, but maybe it's not clear enough. Sometimes you have to repeat a message more than once to get it out there. And you have to, you know, it's like I said at the beginning of the year, 30 days to create a habit. Sometimes it takes more time than just saying it once or twice and thinking you've covered all your bases. It has to be maybe more of an effort on our part to get that word out that yes, here are some opportunities and here's, we're com communicating with you clearly ways you can get more involved and in how we'd love to have your involvement. And the other one, number two was connection or relationship with school is lacking. And again, that's what made me think of the school connectedness from the CDC is that they don't feel a connection or a relationship. Yeah, it might be sort of like a very business, very, you know, very professional attitude of, yes, I'm going to tell you about your students. Here's the grades I got. Here's what they need to work on. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. It was nice talking with you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And that's it. Instead of really taking time to get to know them as well and to build a relationship with them. And it can't be done in a 20-minute conference. So it has to go throughout the year. And I'm going to provide you with some ways to do that. But that's, that's the first thing that jumped out at me. And so I wanted to share that one. And then there was one other thing I wanted to share with you as well. And that is... I came across an article that was posted online on December 14th, 2022 by the Annie E. Casey Foundation called, the article was called Parent Involvement in Your Child's Education. And it reported that, number one, that the extent to, and I'm quoting, to the the extent to which schools nurture positive relationships with families and vice versa, that's important, which means that to the extent which parents nurture positive relationships ships with teachers in school as well. So it's not just saying that schools are messing up. It's also saying vice versa, teachers and parents and schools need to work together. So vice versa means basically we all need to work together on this. So let me read it again with that in mind. The extent to which schools nurture positive relationships with families and vice versa makes all the difference. Research shows students whose parents stay involved in school have better attendance and behavior. 
better grades, demonstrate better skills, and adapt better to school. Parent involvement sets students up to develop a lifelong love of learning, which research says is key to long-term success. Right there, that was the nail in the coffin, When, in my mind, to say that enough's enough. We've got to stop worrying about blaming parents. It's always the parents, the parents, the parents. Yes, there are maybe an occasional parent that has a reputation for doing this with any and every teacher, but that's their reputation. It's not yours they're attacking. It's just reinforcing the reputation that they've built up over the years in that community and probably in that school that it's not you, it's them. But that's very rare. I would say probably a good portion of those would be that we could probably turn them around if we made the effort to really make them feel like they're a part of the school. That school connectedness we were talking about that's so important for students. I think it's equally, if not more important, to get parents involved first so they can help get their students more uh, feeling that way as well because they're going home and instead of, you know, what did the teacher do today? Or, or if the kid says, my teacher does this, wait a minute now, I've had conversations with your teacher this year. I can tell they really care about you and they seem to care about everyone. And they usually talk to me about all the good things you do, but they also let me know things you need to work on. So don't try to pin this on your teacher instead of immediately, you know, what did you do to my kid? What, you know, it's not my kid's fault. What did you do? That, that kind of approach. So this is really big. But when they start talking about these statistics or these, these you know, things you can actually keep score on, better attendance and behavior, better grades, that they develop a lifelong love of learning, you know, they adapt better to school and they get better skills. It's, it's saying that they truly are our partners or they need to be our partners in this. And we're not asking to be equal partners, right? We're the teachers. They're the parents. We're not trying to parent their kids and they're necessarily not trying to teach the kids. But together, think about the support we're providing at school and then they go home and they get it at home. And that's what causes kids to suffer. That was one of the reports that said kids that struggle usually don't get the support outside of school. That's what teachers, that's one of their main challenges. They feel students would do better if they were getting more support outside of school as well. And this is the setup to do that. This is what this doable plan is going to do. I want you to have a doable plan after this next episode of at least 10 things that you can do and maybe even one more that I call the supersize plan that you can do that's no cost to you, but you can do other than invest some time and energy to get it set up and get it running, that you can really, truly be working together as a, you know, the trifecta of parent, teacher, and students working together as a team, tapping into the power of the team collectively to truly do something amazing, right? Remember that Ethiopian proverb, when spider webs unite, they can tie up a lion, this is, think about, that's one more major spider we're adding to this arsenal of trying to tie up the web of really helping kids to succeed and make every year their best year ever, not just this year, but every year in school and in life. So I think it's a great partnership that we have to think of. And the last thing I'll say before I, I let you go, and, and I promise you next episode, episode 17, I'm going to do less theorizing, but I wanted to start with why today, why this is important so that when I tell you the hows and the whats next week, that you're going to understand why it's important to invest some time to get this set up and, and going. Because I think it's, I don't think, I know, because I saw it happen in my classroom. I know it's going to pay off for you and it's going to be one more thing to take away a lot of those extra challenges you don't need to really help you make this your best year ever and your best year ever for your students, which is most important. The thing I want to leave you with is that saying that I have, because I, you know, I believe in it takes a village to raise a child, but 
I've switched it to say, I believe it takes a healthy village to raise healthy children. And by bringing the parents in and truly making them find ways to feel like they're truly a part of the team, that you're going to them as partners once in a while to say, hey, I need your help. Can you help me with this? Oh my gosh, thank you for what you're doing at home because it really is paying off at school and vice versa. There's that vice versa again. I expect parents to do the same with you. But the point is, you're going to carry the ball on this because you're the lead. You're the leader of this team, and that includes the parents. This is for their school, you know, their child's schools benefit from doing well in school. And so you are the leader of the team. But I believe it starts with you that you're going to help create a healthy village that's going to help create healthy children. And so with that in mind, I'll stop for today. But I hope you'll remember, best year ever, you have the power to make it happen.